What's up, fellas? Man, this week is part two of Becoming a Man, which I started last week. But man, as the week went on and after talking to different men, I felt a strong pull to actually change the topic uh, to do something else. But then I realized that what I was thinking about changing it to actually still fit into the topic of things my father never taught me. So in this uh, episode, we're going to go over three areas specifically. We're going to talk about women, finances, and mentorship. Let's get into it. Welcome to Emotional Damage, a podcast for men about men. My goal is to help you do love and life better. And man, no sense in wasting time. Let's get right into it. Man, let's talk about today. We're talking about things my father never taught me. I hope you guys had a, um, a great weekend. And uh, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed preparing it. Okay. So, um, but listen, if you're like me, uh, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up with my dad in the house. Okay, my, my dad was in the house with me. But the unfortunate part is that even though he was in the house, we never really had a relationship. Okay, me and my dad, we, we never had a, we never dev- developed a, an emotional bond, right? We never had a relationship. So my father never really taught me anything about life. You know, he never taught me anything. But I don't blame him for that, right? Because why? He did what he knew how to do. Now, that I do know. Just like most fathers, right? My dad knew what he, he, he did what he knew how to do. As I was thinking about uh, the major pain areas of my life, women, money, and guidance are the three things that if I had known in my 20s, what I know today, man, my life would be so different, right? I, I mean, it would be, oh, I, I can't even imagine what it would be, honestly. It's just, it would be that amazing, well, at least we all think that, right? We we think if we could if we could do things differently, or if we had a different mom, different dad, different neighborhood, different upbringing, uh, different siblings, different whatever, then life would have been better. I don't know if that's true, but I know these three areas. If I had, I feel like if I had known what I know today about these three, uh, I don't see how my life would still be the same. I, I can't see that. So, but at the end of the day, we've got to trust God's plan. For our lives, because uh, he's the only one that can make a crooked life straight. Right? Can I get a witness on that? He can make a crooked life straight. All right. So so since last week, I've been on a different level of work and grind, so to speak. Right. I've been at a whole different level. Uh, I'm taking this course and the information is so life changing. It's so life changing. Uh, I felt like. I was unstoppable, right? I left that challenge, man. I, I, was, I was doing things that I didn't even know I, I needed to do. I was doing the things that I had been putting off and procrastinating, uh, just getting things taken care of. And uh, I felt like I was unstoppable, like nothing can stop me. The enemy can't stop me. Nothing, no doubt is going to stop me until yesterday, right? <laughs> until yesterday. What happened yesterday? Well, uh, to not go into too many details about my personal life and to make a long story short uh, my wife and I had a talk and found out that we were not on the same page about something 
right? We were not on the same page about something. Um, and, and you know what? Let me, let me go ahead and say this. So cause I know your mind will be wondering. We was talking about her hair. Okay. So wasn't nothing super major, right? Talking about her hair, but we wasn't on the same page. Anyway, uh, we didn't, we, we didn't get into a disagreement. We did not get into a disagreement or argument, anything like that. We just had different ideas in our head. Okay. Now, fast forward, uh, to later on in the day. And I, I find myself struggling, right? Struggling to be motivated the, the way that I had been for like for the last 12 days. Uh, struggling to find um, motivation. Struggling to sit down and study. Struggling to write out vision. Like I was just struggling. And so finally I was in the garage uh, because I was taking a break. Because since my brain, I, could, I, I couldn't focus. I said, well, let me go to the garage. And then finally I paused and started thinking. Why am I struggling? Like, what's going on? Like, what, what, what's, what's really going on? Before yesterday, the enemy could not knock me off my high horse, right? There was nothing he could do to knock me off my high horse, right? Uh, throughout the last week, every time a challenge arose, I chose to walk in faith. And I mean, I was killing it, right? I was, I was killing it. Morning, morning devotionals, uh, studying my course, just, I'm just growing, right? And then yesterday, I was just deflated. I was deflated. Me and my wife, like I said, we, we didn't fight. We didn't argue, none of that. But then it hit me. There was nothing that the enemy could do to get to me. Because, see, here's the thing. I, be I do believe that the way I, that I was operating, uh, if I wasn't a threat to his kingdom, I know I was making him upset. I, I just... I was just moving differently, right? So uh, he could not get to me except through my wife. Man. So then I got to thinking and I realized that this has been one of the enemy's main weapons from the beginning. If you go back to Genesis, you'll see Satan couldn't get to Adam, right? So he went through Eve and Eve got to Adam. So that got me to really thinking, right? Uh, so, so let me tell you. So, so when you study the Bible, there's this, there's this principle, uh, it's the principle of first mention, which means how you see something when it's first mentioned in Scripture, uh, it's how you should expect it to be throughout, right? It's called the, the law or principle of first mention. Well, when you look at the first marriage, <laughs> when you look at the first marriage, Things did not go did not go sideways until the man chose to make his wife his God. Mm, what do I mean by that? Uh, not not that he was worshiping her, but uh, he cared more about what his wife wanted than what God wanted. That blew my mind when I realized that yesterday because. Um, I realize that this has been a problem from the beginning. See, my father never taught me that if I was going to be who God made me to be, then I was going to have to overcome the influence of women. Or should I say, uh, overcome the influence of women when it does not align with what is best. Okay. Now, uh, let, let me let me be clear. I'm not saying that my wife getting her hair done 
didn't line up with what's best, right? That's that's not the point that I'm making. I only shared that issue with me and my wife to give context on how I got to this first thing that my father never taught me. Because when I look back over the rest of my life, sure enough, my downfall has been women. Okay? It's been women. See, we men, we love pleasing our women. Right? We do. And because we grew up, most of us grew up love deficient, her approval is often as crucial as a mother's approval. Right? That is extremely dangerous because when you need approval, when you need approval uh, that supersedes your standard, you will forego your standard to get the need met. And so you find yourself meeting legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. Now, I know you guys can feel me. I know you do, because when this hit me yesterday, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow. From the beginning, men has had a weakness for women. Women has been the dog. Think about Samson. And, you know, uh, I, I, think about Samson and his downfall with Delilah. Right? It's, 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 I wish my father had told me to look out for the influence of women. Not that they're, not, not, not that they're all bad. Right? My wife, my wife uh, was not influencing me to do anything bad. Anything evil. Anything anti-God, right? Um, but I'm just talking about if as a man, you cannot say no to your wife or if you can't stand for her to be upset, if you can't stand for her to have an attitude without you shifting your position, you got to grow in that area. Because um, how are you going to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish when you are trying to please your wife and your own vision at the same time, because oftentimes, a lot of times they don't line up. All right. Does that make sense? Am I, I hope that makes sense. It's interesting. Me, it's interesting to me how men can build tall buildings and conquer countries. Right. They build empires, destroy nations. Right. We can do so much in the world. But men have never been able to conquer the woman. When I say conquer, I don't mean the woman actually, right? I mean the power that she wields over him. The thing is, it does not matter if you have a good woman, because I have a good woman, right? This is not a woman's issue. It's our issue as men. And if I had known this in my 20s, oh my goodness, like <laughs> the game just would have, it just would have been different. Right? It would have been different. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to learn how to disconnect your approval from any human being, but particularly your wife, because you have a weakness for her, because you love her. You want her to smile. You don't ever want to be, her to be upset, ever want her to be unhappy. But on this planet, that's just not realistic. Right. So in order to please your wife, you're going to have to be inauthentic. What do I mean by that? Well, think about this. Pleasing is about pleasure. Pleasure is about feelings. And so if your goal is to please your wife, that means your goal is to make sure that she always feels good. But if you do that, then you cannot be authentic because feelings ebb and flow up and down, in and out. And so if you are adjusting to that, 
then you, you can't be you. You can't be authentic. You feel me? So so you want to work at disconnecting your approval from any human being, especially your wife. Right. That's the first thing that I did not get from my father that would have really helped me. So one day I'm talking to my neighbor um, across the street. And we're talking about the struggle between um, working, you know, having to work versus uh, spending quality time with your wife. Right. You're going to work to put her in these nice cars and houses or you're going to, you know, not work so much and spend quality time. Even in my office, so many brothers come in and um, they're working these jobs where they're working like. 12, 14, 16, eight hours a day, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. And I say, man, why are you working so much? And they like, you know, I'm trying to provide my wife with, you know, the best life and these kids and doing everything. And I say, yeah, but your job is anti-marriage, meaning you're making the money, but you guys aren't spending any quality time. And so uh, how, how how's that going to work? Because what's going to happen is, you're going to do all this work, make all this money, but then your children won't have a relationship with you and your wife. Y'all just going to grow distant because y'all don't have any time together. That house and those cars are not going to comfort her the way another human being would. Right. And so. So me and my neighbor, we're talking about the struggle uh, between the two. And, uh, you know, it's a longstanding problem. I remember I heard I heard T.D. Jakes do a sermon a while back. Uh, it was some years ago. Uh, and he, he was preaching about Jacob and Rachel. And uh, this is not what the this is not what the, the, the story in the Bible is about. But Jake's made a good point. At least I thought it was a good point, uh, even though it wasn't the point that the Bible was making. Right? Uh, but um, so it was it was when Jacob. So Jacob, God told Jacob to go to Bethel. And so he was taking his family to Bethel. Rachel was pregnant. She was in the back of the wagon or whatever the case, and they're driving. Jacob is driving. And so uh, Jake, uh, Rachel was having a difficult labor time, and she ended up dying, right? And so Jake's was making the point that Jacob could have stopped the carriage to go in the back to be with his wife to comfort her, but then it would have stopped forward progress, right? And that's the point that he was making, and then you know he went off into some other stuff. Man, that's an amazing point. I mean, that's, that's a really good point because that is the reality of most men, right? Oftentimes when it comes to money and quality time with the wife, you have to choose one. But the thing is, my father never taught me that there is actually a way to do both. Yeah. And strangely enough, strangely enough, this way of doing both has also been around since the beginning of time. How interesting is that? Right? So, think about this. As long as, uh, as long as a man is trading his time for money, he will be stuck in this dilemma of providing versus presence. You know, either you're going to provide, she's going to get your provision, or she's going to get your presence, you're going to show up. Either he will provide and you'll miss his presence, ladies, or you can have his presence and the provision goes down. And sadly, a lot of men kill themselves trying to do both. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, men literally die sooner than women. And I believe this is one of the reasons. 
Right? I believe this is one of the reasons. Men, if you believe that time is money, then you will sell a lot of your time for a little bit of money. And you'll never, ever get out of that rat race of trying to balance provision and preference. But the truth is, time is not money. Okay? Don't ever forget that. I just learned that. I shouldn't say I learned. I became aware. As a matter of fact, you already know this. You just not be aware of it, but you already know this because I could do a little test and I prove to you that you know, but you know, I'm gonna skip all that. Um, but the truth is time is infinitely more valuable than money. Yeah. Time is way more valuable than money, but you need money to enjoy your time, right? You need money to enjoy your time. Meaning if you're an adult and you're working, you need the money to what I buy back your time so that you can enjoy it, right? That's a better way to say it, right? But if 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 all your time is spent making money, how are you going to enjoy it? Right? Your wife and your kids will enjoy it, but you got to go make it. You don't get a time. You get, you get to work and go to sleep. But here's the solution that I wish my father would have taught me. And man, it is so, so, so simple. By the way, when I say when I say that I wish my father had taught me, uh, understand that I'm using that as a topic. Right. But in reality, uh, I'm just saying I wish I had learned these sooner. Right. It'd be good if my father had taught me these things. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 50, so it can't it can't all be on my father. Right? I'm just kind of using that as a topic. So really, I'm just saying, man, if I had learned this way earlier. But now as a father, I am also encouraging you to implement um, what I'm about to share with you with your sons, right? Well, all, all three of these, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to implement these with your sons. So here it is. So the solution to finding a way to have more money without using, a, to get a lot of money without, get, without using a lot of time, start a business. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. I know that may sound so simple to you, but uh, did you know that starting a business is one of God's most efficient plans for wealth. And honestly, I don't even know if, if he has another plan for wealth. That's just the one that I just was made aware of. Like, I don't even know if he has other ones. What I do know is not, he's not going to do what my dad, uh, my dad always thought, I don't know if he, yeah, I guess he thought it because he always said it. My dad always thought that, um, you know, because God's a miracle, miracle worker, because he did so many miracles in the Bible that he, he can, he and my dad used to say, you know, I'm praying God because he can do anything. Like he can drop a million dollars on the doorstep if he want to. Can he do it? I mean, what you going to say? No, he can't do that. So I just had to agree with him. But I knew I was wise enough to know that it didn't work that way. Right. <laughs> I knew it didn't work that way. But anyway, if you can start a business, it will be your quickest path to wealth. Right. And although I've had different businesses uh, since 19, what, 90, my first business was in 92. Since 1992, I was working my businesses like a job, though, right? I so I, I was self-employed, but I ran it like a job, okay? And let me tell you this: in 2022, you are not likely to create real real wealth on a job. It's not gonna happen, right? But then, um, oh, so <clears throat> it's not gonna happen. So it, when you want you want to create a business. So when I say start a business, what I mean is find a problem in the marketplace and then find a way to solve that problem 
and then get paid on it over and over and over. And you want to set yourself up in a way where you are creating products and not service. Because if you create service, right, then you're still going to be trading your time for money. Because when you trade, when you when you do services, then you got to be there to service the you know the thing. Like for me as a therapist, uh, when I'm in the therapy room, I can only be in the therapy room. So uh, the person that I'm sitting in front of, that's all the money that I can make. Me trying to increase my income doing that, I can only work so many hours. So that means that because I have limited time, then my income is limited. So but what you want to do is separate your time and money and create products. So where you can sell a lot of products for just a little in a little bit of time. OK, so that's the that's the that's the idea starting a business. Like, seriously, I'm not I'm not joking. And um, whenever brothers come into my office, especially if they're under 40, I always ask them uh, not if they're going to start a business. I say, OK, so what business are you going to do? I say, how old are you? And you've been working this job for how long? And then I say, OK, and so what's your plan for your, your family and your future? Well, I want to make enough money so we can, you know, you know, do some things, be financially free. And I say, you're not going to get there. I say, um. You need to start a business. And then I don't tell them what business to start or whatever. Uh, and the thing is, I've been doing, I've been saying that for the longest. It's only within the last couple of weeks that I've grown to the place to where I realize I'm actually trading time for money. Like, I didn't even know I was doing that, right? Um, so I, I try to help brothers with that. But that actually brings me to the third thing. So that's the financial piece, right? If you want to get over the hurdle of, trying to balance provision and preference, you got to start a business. Now, that won't fix it the first day, right? You got to grow the business. But that leads me to the, the third point uh, about, about, about um, guidance or a mentor or a coach or whatever you want to say, right? The third thing that my father never taught me is the value of having a coach or mentor, Right? I think I, I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned last week, I know I've mentioned, I think I said it on here too, I don't know, but uh, I went through this challenge with Dr. Myron Golden, and it literally changed my whole life, right? It, it changed my whole life. A while back, I was thinking about my life and all the mistakes that I've made, right? And I realized I've been doing life by myself since I was in high school, Right? And when I realized that and looking at all the mistakes I've made and all of the man, all just all the bad choices and, and including choices with my children. And now they're I'm causing them to walk through some things and repeat some of the same stuff that I went through because I didn't learn the lesson fast enough. Man, when I tell you, uh, you know, I know as men, we're we not supposed to cry. So we think, you know, I'm, I'm anti that I'm pro human. But man, I, I'm, I'm still a man, so I don't cry easy. But I cried that day like I cried the hardest I've ever cried and the longest I've ever cried because the regret over and the disappointment of, of, over all of the mistakes I've made and then showing up to life at this age, it was just overwhelming. It, it was overwhelming. And here's the thing. I'm a pretty in intelligent guy. Always have been. Right. I, I'm an intelligent guy. Right. I've been following God for 43 years now. OK, I've never been the shady type person. Right. Never been the kind to get over on people. Always wanted to help and love giving. And I still ended up at 50 looking like 
I've been asleep for 50 years. Like, like you ain't learned nothing. I have. I'm, in, I'm intelligent. I have a successful business. Well, I thought I had a successful business. Come to find out my current business, I had been running it like a job again, even though I, and I, I didn't know that because I was making a whole lot more money, a whole lot more. Right. And um, realized, no, sir, you still running it like a job. But just at the right time, God sent forth his son. Right now, I don't mean Jesus. I mean, one of his earthly sons and Dr. Golden. Right. Why do I say that? Well, because he's a child of God. I'm a child of God. We're men. So he's a son. Um, and I knew that he was sent by God because of how he grabbed my attention. Right. How he grabbed my attention. And then after the challenge week, my prayer life, my my study life, my trust in God and my work ethic all increased exponentially. See, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So I know that the enemy wouldn't bring him into my life because it's going to create these kind of results. Right. I had no idea. When I say no idea, I mean, I had no idea how much I needed a coach. Clueless. No idea. And the reason being, if you're like me, you're like, you may be smart, but uh, if you're the only one checking on you, if you're the only one checking your stuff, you're the only one, uh, you know, coming up with your ideas. And, you know, after a while, you start to wonder, man, is this is this right? Like, should I be should I make this investment? Should I go this way? Should I should I do this thing? Right. And if, if you don't have any guidance, man, you are subject to just. <laughs> that has been one of the biggest frustrations of my life, doing life alone, figuring out trial and error, bumping my head, getting up. Well, that don't work. Right. Some lessons we have to learn by trial and error. Right. Some things you, you just that's just how life is. But some lessons you just need some guidance. Right. And when you have a capable coach, you can grow by leaps and bounds. Why? Because God designed it that way. Right. When he said it's not good for man to be alone, he meant doing life alone as well. Right. He didn't just mean marriage and, and like, you know, friendship and companionship. He also meant don't try to do life by yourself. Right. So I'm telling you, men, if you don't have a father figure in your life giving you direction, you need a coach. I'm telling you, you need a coach. Right. I can't explain I cannot explain how different the world looks to me today versus two weeks ago. Right? It's completely different. Now, uh, because of this challenge, because of this challenge that Dr. Myron did, it was life changing for me. Absolutely life changing. And because of that, I want to invite you to do it. Right. Uh, uh, even if even if you don't have a business, even if you don't have a business, you should do it just for the experience. I'm telling you, if you trust my word, I know some of you don't know me, but there are some of you that do know me. Just trust my word. It's even if you don't have a business, it will help you put so many things in perspective about your life because he's just that kind of person. Right now, uh, I put the link in the description so you can follow the link and, and sign up for the challenge. Uh, man, I'm telling you, you will not regret it. But so those are the three things that I wish my father had told me. Uh, women overcoming their their influence, 
so that you can be your best. And it's not always negative influence. It's just influence in general. Sometimes you got to say no, or I'm not doing that. Sometimes you got to hurt their feelings. To me, I'll be, I'll be honest. That is one of the hardest things to do. And I think women know that, you know, I think they, I think they know, they know, uh, that it's hard for us to say no. They know, they know that we can't handle, most of us can't handle their attitude, <laughs> right? So, and then number two, your finances. How do you, how do you balance the provision and, and presence thing? You know, uh, I got to make money, but she want quality time. How do you do that? You got to start a business. And if you're, if you're, if you're older like me, um, you can still do it, but it may take, you know, you may take, it may take a little longer, but, but, but maybe not because the third thing, you need a coach and your coach can help you get your business to where you want it to be quickly. See, the thing is, Dr. Myron says that, uh, wealth has a need for speed, meaning, uh, if you make a million dollars, are you rich? Well, it depends, right? It depends on how fast you make it. Cause if you make $25,000 a year for 40 years, that's a million dollars. But are you rich? Well, of course not. Right? No, no, you're not at all. But if you make a million dollars in a year, are you rich? Well, yeah, you ain't Bill Gates rich, but you're rich, right? And the reason you're rich is because you did what it took one person 40 years. It took you one year, right? So um, if you have the right coach, and trust me, I'm going to re recommend Dr. Myron Golden. I've never met anybody like this brother in my life. Uh, he can help you take your business to the next level. And then for sure, you won't be on the, the struggle bus of presence or provision. Right. So listen, I hope I was able to share something that resonated with you. Right. Uh, there are no superhumans on the planet, just regular humans who may know something that you don't. Right. And they can teach you just like I'm doing. Right. Just they just find somebody that can help you do life better. They don't have to be smarter than you. Right. You got to conclude. You ask yourself, can one intelligent person teach another intel another intelligent person something? The answer is obviously yes. Right. I'm intelligent. You're intelligent. You're probably going to learn some things from me. If we was to meet out in the street, I probably would learn some things from you. Listen, I hope you guys have a great week and I hope you, um, do the work to be the best man that you can be next time. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to cover, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Right, I have a list of topics that I'm, I'm going through and you guys send in your emails and uh, you can email me at Clifton at CliftonBrantley.com. Email me your, your topics and questions and I can answer them on the air. Okay. All right. You guys stay encouraged until next time. <laughs>